heavy breathing sounds all too familiar to you, doesn't it? But for those who don't know what I'm talking about, allow me to explain. My first ever podcast I did was on a serial killer from 1946. He was never caught or identified by police, including others who tried to solve it themselves. The media had dubbed this masked man the Phantom Killer, or other names such as the Phantom Slayer, or the Moonlight Murderer. While he disappeared after committing his last murder, there were a few suspects who police thought was the Phantom. Our first suspect is a high school student. His name was Henry Brooker Tennyson, or otherwise nicknamed Duty. He was born in 1930 and died in 1948 after committing suicide with a jar of rat poison. Booker had left behind a note that I will read out now. These are his exact words that he said in the note. I've made some changes to help me read out specific people he was talking about. To whom it may concern, this is my last word to you fine people, and you are fine. I want to thank you all for the trouble that you have gone to, to send me to college and to bring me up. You have really been wonderful. My thanks to Ella Lee, the owner of the house who was rooming in for letting me stay with her during my college career, and to Beverly Jo, 12-year-old daughter of Ella Lee, for putting up with me the way she did. She had to, I know, but I fell in love with her about a week ago. If she was older, I would have asked her to marry me, but that would be impossible. Why did I take my own life? Well, when you commit two double murders, you would too. Yes, I did kill Betty Jo Booker and Paul Martin in the city park that night, and killed Mr. Starks, and tried to get Mrs. Starks. You wouldn't have guessed it. I did it when Mother was either out or asleep, and no one saw me do it. For the guns, I dissembled them and discarded them in different places. When I am found, which has already been done, Please give this tight rater to Craig, Tennyson's older brother, and tell him that I hope his child is a boy. It will help him in his work. Everything can go wherever you think it will do best, except for the Viewmaster, which will go to Be Belva Joe. Please take my bankroll and give it to Daddy. I think it should go to him, and tell him I don't want the car now. Well, goodbye everyone. See you sometime, if I make the grade, which will be hard for me to make, H.B. Tennyson. My personal thoughts on this, it does sound like HB is in much pain emotionally and is upset with what he has done or what he claims to have done because there was a second note found which reads this. Please disregard all other messages I have written. They are only thoughts which I was thinking about as possible reasons for taking my own life. As I think about it, it is none of these things. 
They are not the reasons of this incident. There's a much later point to it all. Happiness. Yes, happiness. If I am out of the way, all my family can get down to their own lives. Mother will not have to worry about me making my grades, and Daddy will not have to put out more money on me, which would do no more good than it did in high school. No one will have to worry about me, keep having to push me through things which would be best for me. After much thought, I decided to take this way out. It took me more thought than anyone can think possible. It started about a week ago, when I was beginning to think of the way to get out of this. Running away would not do any good. The police would find me wherever I went and would bring me back into it all. No, mother and daddy are not to blame. It is just me. If I had done what they told me to do, this would have never happened. Studying instead of playing around, going out with the people in my age, group instead of staying home, and dreaming. Now if this was his second confession before he died, then it's most likely he was lying about being the Phantom, and was just confessing this to hide the real fact on why he was taking his own life. But others think that H.B. Tennyson had written this note to drive people away from the fact that he was the Phantom, because he was too ashamed to admit what he had done. Now most people who have been serial killers have ended up committing suicide, and that's why I believe HB was the killer, and it makes sense why he would take his own life. I will now read out some interesting facts about HB. He played the trombone in the same high school as Betty Jo Booker, the fourth victim of the Phantom, but they weren't friends. A friend of his, James Freeman, provided an alibi for the night Virtual Starks was shot. Dennis Tennyson's brothers stated that he didn't know how to use weapons and learned to drive a car only in 1947. They also, they also claimed the confession and suicide were induced by reading too much comic books. Also, his fingerprints didn't match those found at the Booker and Martin crime scene. Personally, looking at the evidence placed right in front of me, I would have to say, no, Duty was not the Phantom. I also don't believe the quote-unquote reading too many comic books would have been the cause of HB to put on a mask and arm himself and attack couples on lonely roads. I believe the motive would have to have been something much stronger, an avengeful reason to kill all those people and then take your own life afterward. Our next suspect is a man named Yuli Swinney, born in 1917, died in 1994. Yuli was a small-time American car thief. He and his wife Peggy were arrested in June 1946. She was arrested for stealing a car that was reported missing on the night of the Griffin-slash-Moore murders, which was the Phantom's first double murders. 33-year-old Officer Max Tackett arrested Yuli at gunpoint after Yuli attempted to escape out the fire exit. Swinney said, Please don't shoot me! Tackett replied, I'm not going to shoot you for stealing cars. Swinney then replied, Mister, don't play with games with me. You want me for more than stealing cars. When Yuli was placed into the back of the police car, he asked Chief Deputy Tillman Johnson, Mr. Johnson, what do you think they'll do to me for this? Will they give me the chair? Johnson responded with, You won't get much, maybe five, ten years. They don't give you the electric chair for stealing cars. Swinney then said, 
Mr. Johnson, you've got me for more than stealing cars. His wife began to explaining to the officers that her husband was in fact the phantom killer, and she revealed detailed information that the police knew already but also did not know. I will now read out some fascinating evidence that was found about Yuli. Peggy took officers near the spot where Paul Martin's car was found, claiming to have been there. The officers found a woman's heel print in that area. Police began a search of the suspect's room and found a kayaki work shirt in his laundry room. Stark was revealed on the shirt under a black light. In the front pocket of the shirt, slag was found, which matched samples found in Virgil Stark's welding shop. Yuli Swinney had previously owned a 32 Colt automatic, which he had already sold at a crap game. While being accused of the murder, Swinney remained silent instead of pleading his innocence. Both Peggy's family and Yuli's brother-in-law believed he was the Phantom. After reading this information, I was shocked, stunned even. I never really thought a short-time criminal would become a madman and really go on an insane killing spree. Unfortunately, Yuli was not taken to court because back in those days, there was a law that Peggy could not testify against her husband. Also, his fingerprints did not match any latent prints at the Booker slash Martin crime scene. Police also were not convinced that Swinney was the Phantom, which I can understand because there were many false confessions to the crimes. Another strange thing is that Peggy changed her confession right after telling police that her husband was the Phantom. I believe Peggy changed her confession because she loved her husband, and love can confuse you, especially if it's somebody you've been married to for a long time. She didn't want him to go to jail for being the killer or being executed. Swinney received life in the county jail for the car theft and a repeated offender, but was released from prison in 1973 following a habeas corpus proceeding, which was found that a prior conviction in 1941 used sentence enchantment purposes was void because because Consul had not represented Swinney. Swinney died in a Dallas nursing home in 1994. After looking at this evidence, I'm not convinced that Duty was the Phantom, but Swinney is a different story. While the evidence is there that he was the Phantom, I believe perhaps it was him after all, or maybe not, because at the end of the day, this case was never solved or put to the rest for Tex Arcana. Was the Phantom a victim? A villain? Perhaps even both. We may never know. The Phantom's legend will always live on, so as long as people remember him for what he had done to that town. ago and they never will. I come and go as I please. I kill when I wish. You may think I'm a horrible, sick, disgusting human who cowers behind a mask, but I'm not. Tell me, who do you think I was? Was I H.B.? Yoli? Or perhaps somebody the police didn't know about? Or perhaps I was a demon sent from hell to bring terror to this town. 
You'll never know, because I am the Phantom Killer. I am the terror of Texarkana, the boogeyman to every boy and girl who hide under their covers at night. I am a hunter.